ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Today, we're going to see a movie called The Suicide Squad. What was the last one called? It then? was called Suicide Squad. Right. Okay. So this one is completely different. <laughs> it has a preposition. I don't know. So many people. Is that have a asked preposition? Us. I don't know. So you're the one with the English degree. No, it's a definitive article. <laughs> so many people have asked us to come and see this movie. We got so many messages about it. We did two Twitter polls, both of which overwhelmingly told us to go see Suicide Squad. The The Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. <laughs> uh, and then for reference, back way back when, over five years ago now, when we started this podcast, early days we reviewed Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Right? Yes, we did. It's and like episode uh, 10 or 11 or something. So I, yeah, yeah. I would actually shudder to go back and listen. because I'd I'm love sure to it go ends. back and listen. It's probably quite rough. <laughs> I can't remember what we thought about like it that even. movie. What did we think of the movie? You thought it was brilliant. You really? thought... Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? I remember. I'll never forget my, my complete surprise at your reaction to that. <laughs> you really enjoyed it. And you said it was better than Captain America... Um, Civil War I remember enjoying which you it had, Which we, was our second ever review Because I'm a fan of like Cartoonish violence and silliness In a superhero movie So I do remember enjoying it for sure I, what I, I remember despising Jared Leto though Oh god he was bad Is he in this one? You ruined that If movie. he's in this I kind of don't, don't want to watch it I don't think so I mean I can't say for sure uh, I don't know much about this Um and I'm not going to spoil anything, but he showed up as that character in something else we watched recently, and and I yeah, that was the Zack Snyder uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, well, it's it's a funny Is thing. A I think uh, don't think so. Okay, that was heavily pr- promoted right, okay. even before the movie came out. Shivers down my spine. But then neither of us have seen Harley Quinn's movie, which apparently was no, actually quite good. Birds of Prey. So it does feel like yeah, I think this is all within that same universe, indeed. So I guess he could totally show up. Who knows? But Margot Robbie or Margot Robbie, I'm not sure how to say her name. She's brilliant. Is it Robbie? I don't know. Harley Harley Quinn. So even though we didn't see her movie, we are big fans of her. And I would have watched it. I think it's just that it only came out on demand and like just never got around to it. I remember thinking it was like, it just felt like squandered potential Suicide Squad is what I remember of it. Felt like it had some really good ingredients, but just felt. But then like it had Jared Leto. Really flat. <laughs> As the Joker. I mean, yeah, he. It was really flat until he showed up, and Did then it became me? really terrible. Did you tell me something? I'm having a flashback now to that podcast, that movie. Okay, not safe for work, not safe for children. What I'm about to say. Okay. Did Warning. You tell me. Did I have a fever dream that, like, you told me that to get in character for that movie, Jared Leto like <laughs> sent like. Dirty condoms to his co-workers. To his co-workers, yeah, to his cast. Did that actually happen? Yes, it did. He was he was <laughs> he was doing like mad stuff on set um, oh, and doing that's like stuff even to like send. Grosser. To, yeah, I know. 
like to being a sort of an anarchist to stay in character. <laughs> but like, what a second tool! Like, who wants to? <laughs> you don't need. <laughs> I'm sure Heath Ledger didn't have to do that. I'm I sure, mean, I'm sure really Heath Ledger was a perfectly nice guy between takes. It's also really interesting because, like, obviously Heath Ledger as Joker, unbelievable, right? Jack Nicholson as the Joker, amazing. And then, as much as I disliked the most recent Joker movie, obviously Joaquin Phoenix is incredible oh, as yeah, Joker. Oh yeah, he was great. So, like, you've all these kind of, you've three incredibly iconic performances there. And, and then Jared in the middle, you've Jared Leto sending condoms to his coworkers <laughs> with a with a tattoo saying "damaged" on his forehead, like in in a sort of the exact opposite of subtext. Uh, What's the opposite of? subtext text <laughs> just text just write text on your forehead well, write damage on your explaining forehead explaining his that's character so anyway <laughs> so anyway that's the extent of what we know about this movie I have seen a trailer but I can't even remember it but I have seen like enough people a lot of our listeners uh, whom we of course trust because they're big movie buffs messaging saying they really liked it but then one guy messaged saying that he wa- walked out of the cinema or wanted to walk out of the cinema so that's interesting yeah I, well I'm glad you mentioned that Cathy because I actually <laughs> have that tweet to hand this Great. genuinely wasn't planned um, so Johnny yeah Johnny O uh, tweeted us uh, at uh, J uh, O C N O 5 thanks Johnny he said it is one of the Johnny worst Johnny 5 is alive John- oh yeah uh, he's alive and he's tweeting us and he <laughs> tweeted us that it is one of the worst films I have ever seen I don't know if that means I want to hear you slate it or if I want you to be spared the misery of watching it. So this is such a strong reaction, Johnny. I want to know if you're talking about Suicide Squad or The Suicide Squad. Is there a mix-up here? Yeah, that feels like more of Suicide Squad review. To be fair to him, you've written, should we go see Suicide Squad this weekend? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for the inaccuracy in the tweets, guys! Maybe... Maybe he have fairly <laughs> thinks you're thinking about the other one. Anyway, let's go. Uh, dying to go to the cinema as usual, of course. We've got our lovely babysitter, Megan, back in action, yeah. ready to babysit for us. And Let's yeah, do it. Let's do All it. the lawnmowers are out. <laughs> right, bye. Bye. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. Number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, they sent me next to a werewolf? Yo, let me out! Yeah, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but you know. Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. Hi, we're back. We have seen the Suicide Squad. It is the, the definitive one. This is the one to watch. Yeah, this is really actually the one to watch. It's much, much better than the other. It's a vast improvement. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Johnny, if this was the movie you were talking about. Uh, We have completely different opinions on it. As I mentioned, like in the intro, I do love cartoonish violence and like over the top movies, action movies. Um, This was so funny. We were properly laughing throughout. The violence was brilliant. I thought like James Gunn brought all of his energy to this movie. Yeah. Uh, 
the music was so fun. There will be no spoilers, Actors, no by the spoilers. way. It's your first time here until Still we get spoiler the spoiler streak. Like, the characters were so fun. The action was so fun. The intro was not what I was expecting. Uh, the humour was just really, like, top-notch. Like, proper, proper funny. And... I'm really surprised at how good this movie oh God, was. Same, I had such a good time. <laughs> I'm so glad we saw this at the cinema as well. Same, just like just had like... had a beer and pizza, just kind of got into it, and it was just such a joy. It was one thing it I was did joyous. notice though is that I we and you it. were like properly laughing, and like not that many other people in the cinema were laughing. Yeah, I was. Well, I I did notice yeah. that as well. Um, Even at one point, you are went we to the... just are we just really obnoxious? <laughs> is that what that is, or or do other people? Maybe other people Maybe Johnny really did hate this And maybe people think It's the worst film ever made And It's just so in... like A movie not to be taken seriously Right It's like pure silliness And yeah. If I think I, I can see why If you're not in the right in, in the mindset for this movie You would hate it Whereas if you're just pumped For like silliness And action And violence And ridiculousness And you're On the James Gunn Like humour train and it's an interesting one because in real life James Gunn obviously got in really big trouble and was pulled off Guardians of the Galaxy because of his old offensive tweets which were offensive and not funny at all and I really really dislike them but his humour in the movie how how he pulls it all together it's very funny how he cuts scenes and characters speaking and the music and just like it all works yeah anyway big fan I'm so glad we saw it what a laugh Oh my god, it was so much fun. I think you said it right, like energy. It's got so much energy, but like it doesn't and it doesn't really uh let up for most of the movie, but like um it didn't like you know the way we come out of movies so often lately, I feel like we always on this podcast say that was like half an hour too Jungle long. Jungle cruise an hour Jungle too long. cruise. Like it's it's just like um this I could have spent another half hour yeah, with another same. 20 minutes which means tight. really that it's the perfect length yeah. so it just it is t- and it, I don't know what length it was or duration but it just I, it was just moved at a clip from the second it started yeah. <laughs> as you said that intro you're just like he sets the, the and we'll talk about it more in spoilers but he sets the table so well and the stakes for the rest of the movie and then just manages to somehow keep it going it's from there shock. Like, like it's good shocks in it right like I felt like in the, the the first one and it's it does it actually genuinely feels unfair to compare these two movies but it's impossible not to I mean to. you have to compare they, but they, they are in different Robbie. leagues they're in different leagues like the other one it's felt the same like through character it was just plodding yeah oh yeah no, it's de- but the other one just felt like I was never motivated I, f- I felt there was no real drive or motivation in any of that stuff was just happening I think whereas like in when this we- it's just like I feel like Jesus Christ it's just like this is moving at a clip and I'm trying to keep up with it and, and it felt really fresh it. because I was thinking oh he's done Guardians of the Galaxy which I was a huge fan of when it first came out like I really found that movie very funny and I, I've obviously seen all the Marvel and DC movies because I'm married to Dave this in that crowded genre of like dozens and dozens and dozens of movie movies feels so fresh and yeah. I think that's almost like an impossible task and and I think you're it right it feels like a James Gunn movie but he is not aping Guardians of the Galaxy and that had been my concern that like it might be too much down the Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy road well, it's and it got, isn't it's got the same you'd know it, it was the it, same it, it, was, it was definitely it was definitely at risk of of being the same thing in that it's largely boils down to a team of eclectic individuals who shouldn't work together some of whom kind are of not bouncing human. off each other. Yeah, so it, it even has the same guy. 
yeah, Michael Rooker is, yeah. is in both. So it 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 kind of was at risk of being the same. Um, but no, you're right, fresh. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels entirely different, um, while also having that same, you know, what he think he what he brings it to it is that, as you say, that sense of humor, that confidence, the stylishness as well. This is really stylish. It's really stylish. even like the to the point to the. You know, it does really interesting thing with like um, time, time graphics and time interstitials, yeah. and like almost like a graphic novel. It like punctuates its acts with um, names like you know the mission and and all these kind of things. And I think that that's done in a really arty way. Um, the- I hate to say, I hate to talk about this because I have to clarify this by saying I don't really remember the last movie, but I feel like Margot Robbie is like much less sexualized in this movie. That's just a feeling I had looking yeah. at it. She's just like, like yeah. obviously she's a beautiful woman, but like that's not at all the focus of her character, and I feel like that might have been more of the focus last time. I also just was reminded of how good Margot Robbie is, like what a great actress she is. She, we also had Joel Kinnaman in it, who we love, and we're actually currently watching for all mankind over on Apple TV Plus, which we've talked about on our Patreon. And he's also in, in both movies. And I felt he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. No, he's in Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad. He's another through. Joe Kinnaman. Yes. Oh, don't remember him. Uh, so, so he's like the main guy in the first one. But did we so, like we never I, knew we needed to see Idris Elba and Viola Davis on screen together? Oh wow! Until yeah. We got the energy them. in that room was they're something like, else. They're like honestly to me two of the best actors in the world. Yeah. So to see them on screen together was like it actually gave me shivers and I, I just. I just fucking love that whole sequence with those two. And Idris Elba is a delight. Oh, he's such a good actor, and, and I'm so he should be the lead. Like when he's in Thor, and he's like a side character. I was wasted. Like, in what did you like? Why was Idris Elba in those movies? Yeah. Obviously, for his sake, he got paid loads of money. Why not be? In and it? to be fair, I think that came out in 2011. I think he probably his star was star power probably wasn't as big. Yeah, but as he in still the first was Thor. in like Luther. At they that point. didn't really. Yeah, they didn't really make good use out of him and yeah this movie really does he's an interesting character and actor because he's such a great actor right he's incredible we know that of course we are obsessed with him from the wire but like he's actually not often like the leading man in a movie um so this is probably the most prominent movie role i've ever seen him in i think he's more of a leading man in tv correct me if i'm wrong yeah um so i just love seeing i loved him his energy like i feel like he could have chemistry with a brick wall oh my god like but anyone he- he's in a scene with he just elevates everyone around he, him he and John Cena were bouncing off each other really well oh my god John I love him John Cena and sorry John Cena John we Cena is excellent he, in this. John Cena like <laughs> made Fast and the Furious 9 and he now, like see, makes this movie I don't think so. see, we are disagreed on that when we watched that and there's no spoilers sorry, for that F9 but I feel like he was the wrong casting for that no, movie no I loved him in that movie because he is a comedic action hero yeah, but Fast 9 is and a comedy he, I think he will he will <laughs> come to the fore if he returns in those movies Fast under different nine. circumstances. But as a villain, he was not able to bring the the, the cold, diehard villain aspect no that Charlize Theron can do. There are no villains in Fast and the Furious movies anyway. There are only he- heroes in waiting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, part <laughs> um, that, go and listen to F9. Here, here he is perfectly so cast funny. as this sort of misguided... Um, He's called the Peacemaker and he's this sort of misguided superhero who's just so by the book that he but but incredibly violent and but has no room for black and white. He's and actually called the Peacemaker, I feel like right? Peacemaker, yeah. Can I just do a total aside here for a second? Yeah, yeah. Um so if anyone's looking for a podcast recommendation, I recently got 
obsessed with um, this is really quite a an aside what's called, happening a podcast called welcome to your fantasy honestly and i include our podcast in this it's probably the best podcast i've ever listened to all about the Chippendales in the 80s Dave's heard me talk about them a lot Um, so for like a week's period I binged on Welcome to Your Fantasy which is like unbelievably fascinating about the like rise of the Chippendales um, including like murders and all these crazy things that happened around the Chippendales anyway I got obsessed with Chippendales for a while followed them on Instagram etc John Cena he should he is like the ultimate Chippendale he's exactly what those Chippendales look like isn't he yeah, he's there's a scene where he's, he's got he's just wearing tighty whities in this movie. <laughs> no, and there it's isn't. Is quite, there? Yeah, it's quite and it's quite. I impressive. mean, it's obviously fake, presumably. Yeah. But anyway, total aside, listen. I mean, to I'm the sorry, well- I wasn't talking about his dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were talking about his like chiseled. No, his whole body, his right? whole face. Oh, his whole thing. Yeah, everything about him. So go listen to Welcome to Your Fantasy, and then John Cena should have been a Chippendale. And now back yeah. to the movie okay, again. Thanks, thanks for that aside. This episode was brought to you by <laughs> another podcast. Um, chemistry with everyone as well and there's like kind of a ragtag group of people including like a shark whose voice well, I was going to say we haven't even talked about the shark played by Sylvester Stone it's like there's so much happening in here I, I, or this Polka is... Dot Man and, and Nathan Fillion he's in this Michael Rooker there's loads of people uh, that, there's just so much to do like, to talk about here so I think we should just go to Spoiler Street what do you think and just say that we highly recommend watching highly this because it's a feast but can we just briefly one second talk about the fact that because this isn't a spoiler like his his name is in the credits and the ads and stuff Sylvester Stallone voices a shark yeah yeah this is exactly Who's, the move who steals yeah go on sorry. James uh, god what's his name James Gunn did with James Gunn Vin did Diesel with and Vin Groot. Diesel and yeah Groot. it like, feels like that this yeah. is just a flex right this is look I'm going to show you how much money I have that I can pay a really famous <laughs> actor to basically say like if he's got like 10 lines, ten lines in the whole movie. Is that? Uh, yeah. And actually, it's unrecognizable. It's not even like you'd listen and go, oh my God, that's Sylvester but Stallone. But I still feel like Sylvester Stallone brought it, like he Vin did Diesel did for Groot. <laughs> like he brought it. But anyway, it's just to me, it's just such a flex. And I love that he's just like, yeah. that he is doing that. Scene <laughs> stealing character in. In a sh- in a crowd of scene stealing characters, yeah, like right, I the mean, shark is Groot, basically. Let's yeah. put it that way. There is definitely, but, but yeah. like to the point we said earlier, is at is at risk of just being a Groot Groot again, but kind of feels different enough. Yeah, um, and is and is playing off some different kind of jokes in there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get to Spoiler Street uh, for the Suicide Squad. Yes, starting um, from now. But uh, also spoilers for Suicide Squad, why not? Also... We'll just both, both Suicide Squad spoilers. <laughs> Before spoilers, though, shouldn't we do our Patreon channel? Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, big thank you to uh, all of our new Patreon uh, members recently. Uh, so if you don't already know, we have a Patreon page called patreon.com forward slash the cinemile. And it's called the Cinemile High Club. And uh, for the price of only two or three pounds a month, you get access to a whole extra podcast feed which we do uh, with uh, retro movie reviews um, and TV reviews uh, so we talk about what we've been watching so we just did an episode on Schmigadoon and Ted Lasso and Apple Plus um, and there's a um, you can suggest what movie you want us to watch next so this month is classic sci-fi movies yeah. so if you want to join up and suggest some classic sci-fi movies for us to watch head over there just like uh, these lovely people did so thank you to um, Ariane to Brett Williams to Jeremiah S. Pam love it what an awesome name 
to Laura Littler could be a superhero um, it could be like Ant-Man's yeah, 100%. Uh, in that universe um, she could be Wasp's little sister yeah Laura Littler it's a great name and, uh, and to Heather Knight also she could, she'd be in the DC Dark uh, the Dark Knight universe yeah 100% yeah. Uh, even spelt like that with the K and everything so yeah wow good, just good job on having all those names <laughs> everyone um, and good job on joining up the Cinemile High Club patreon.com forward slash the Cinemile thank you nice. right so here we are here we are spoiling both Suicide Squads yeah um, how about that Suicide Squad how about right. that intro so the Where intro yeah <laughs> let's talk about that because this that's... is where I knew I'm in a pair of safe hands with this movie because the intro was handled so well and was a genuine yeah. twist within the first what fifteen minutes yeah. of the movie. And do you know? Have you seen any of the marketing material for this? I'd seen the trailer. So yeah, so you'd seen that they basically most of the trailer is in that opening <laughs> or a lot of it, and they marketed all those characters so really heavily. Clever. Like there's posters for uh, like um, Michael Rooker and the Weasel and uh, Nathan Fillion's in this, who's a good friend of James Gunn. Who was he? Going back, who? Because uh, they made Slither together. Who was he in this? Um, he was the uh, TDK, the dismembered, the dismemberment oh, funny. kid. I mean, I was <laughs> his arms like, came How could I have known that was him? Slapping. And like the weasel, like they basically set up all these characters, and then they all died. And I was like, what am I watching? I know it's called the Suicide Squad, but, but like, wow, isn't that perfect? It's like the yeah. one thing that the first Suicide Squad was missing was the fact that they were disposable and none of that and they yeah. were they were literally sent in as cannon fodder by yeah. by um and uh, there's even like they set Viola it up really Davis. well where like we actively like saw Viola Davis going and like recruiting a guy who's the guy who's also in Guardians of the Galaxy can't remember his name the really long Michael white hair Michael Rooker who was yeah and um and she, we, like, and we get this, him. but she we puts, start the movie on him in this awesome little thing where it shows you his like he's got perfect precision you know with all these X's and the and they set up his superpower and you're like whoa can't wait for him to use that and she says like we're never going to put a chip he in your brain dies. we're going to put a chip in your brain and if you don't do what we say you're going to explode it and you're like oh yeah they obviously won't do that no he's gone yeah that was this so like, good. Then so the whole clever. squad basically fails, except for Joel Kinnaman and um, Margot Robbie. And then it like pans out, and it turns out that like that squad was just the diversion from the real squad. Yeah. That is so fun, and I, I love, love that, that kind of tactical stuff as well. Because um, it tells you, right? First of all, it shows you how big the stakes are for this mission. It shows you how difficult the mission is. It shows you how. Like how they are actually a Suicide Squad that Viola Davis does not give two shits about. Viola Davis is cold in this movie. Like, and they're taking bets. Like everyone's just making bets, and they are they are literally disposable. Which which kind of felt like the Running Man, you know, where they take the convicts in the Running Man and just or and just send them all in to kind of kill each other. It's really dark, and they make a gag out of it. And I think that's this movie's strength. It it he leans into the dark stuff and somehow finds humor. Like she's basically saying to Idris Elba, like. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna get your daughter put in prison and killed yeah. if you don't go on this mission. And she's not joking because her colleagues are horrified. And she's yeah. like, "Yeah, and what's your problem?" She's, <laughs> and she's then we meet the daughter who's so sweet and like just desperately wants her dad's attention and another, affection. Another cracking scene: yeah. her and Idris Elba shouting oh, at each other through the glass. And that's only again in like the first maybe first yeah. few minutes of this movie. 
So like all that happens and then the real mission starts so you're, the pace is just so good like there's no lag and it also I thought it was really interesting how they actually benched Harley Quinn for quite a while and then when we come back to Harley Quinn we were reminded she gets a lot of the movie of then in the cool middle she yeah. is and like there's also you know like an interesting line in there because we knew I, I vaguely started remembering as we were watching it like in the original movie she's in some form of like abusive relationship with um, Joker the Joker and then in this you actually missed the scene that's kind of canonical I think in the comics like that's you know you missed the scene because you went to the bathroom but um she basically is like this guy wants to marry her to be like a powerful couple and then he kind of uh, does this kind of villain monologue where he talks about killing kids and like she shoots him and it's humorous the way they've done it right and she says like I always said the next time I see a red flag I'm going to end the relationship and and she kills him but then she says uh, she starts talking about basically, you know, situations where partners are being like abused and gaslit by their by their partners because she said like, you know, one minute he's telling you that the music you like isn't really even music, and then the next minute, blah blah blah, and she's talking about stuff that's been done to her, and that was actually made me like really relate, like really sympathise with her as a character, kind of a sense of like the damage that she's been put through by men as well. But the next minute she's like fucking psychotic and she's going around killing everyone, so like. It felt like a better use of her than in the first movie. Yeah. Like, her character just felt way better. And it, it actually has made me almost tempted to go and watch Birds of Prey. The, pro- the problem is the movie doesn't really address her relationship with Joker, the first one. Except that he kind of rescues her in the end. And then she rescues him again. So yeah, it's kind of kind like, of that's not a character arc. She just continues to be an abusive But that's why I think him. we need to maybe see Birds of Prey. Yeah, maybe yeah. that does credit to it. But, in, but that scene where she gets out of jail and she's starts by oh so good and all she starts the, by getting the key in her toe and unlocking the thing and she just goes I mean, through with this it's absurd but it's really enjoyable so and fun. so well choreographed and yeah. I loved all the little flourishes like the you know the, it, it pans in it goes in on her face and she looks just terrifying but also kind of scared and like she's, like she's not really enjoying the violence but she kind of is and then all the flowers are erupting behind her that was gra- class all these graphical elements and I love the thing the constant throughout where she had this like Oh, that your man's javelin! Yeah, yeah. There, there's so many great <laughs> running really gags good. through yeah. this. Like she gets it from the beginning, and they also did in the movie at all of like not trying. to I mean, obviously, as I said, like we appreciate she's a beautiful woman, but like the movie isn't trying to do that. Like she's quite hideous throughout the whole movie, the way her makeup's done, and like when she's put in that red dress, like it's all quite freaky what they've done with her, yeah. and I really appreciated it. Like I thought it was so cool, and like I loved her kind of she the relationship with Joel Kinnaman. I love the really funny gag where like she doesn't even know who Idris Elba is. Like the fact that like yeah they're kind of. <laughs> part- up together yeah, but yeah, like yeah. the Milton thing the whole was so Milton funny. thing there's so much funny really stuff really these characters it. are all out for themselves it doesn't really make sense that they would have connected but I thought they did it well with the rat girl and how she kind of briefly talks about her dad and then Idris Elba's thinking about his daughter and like those well, two connected a little bit in that they, one scene on the bus the was one nice. scene in the bus was at the one of the few breathing points followed by the, the bar scene and you know that and the, the movie's so economical in its in its sort of character building and making you care for the characters like you say I do care for rat catcher number two <laughs> just based on the brief thing we saw of Taika Waititi who yeah. showed up as her dad did you get um, five I did stuff that for... Scorsese movie remember with the little kid who used to be up the top of a tower yeah Hugo yeah really very, like Hugo, very good yeah him. you're right um, and then I did care for um, the polka dot guy for whatever reason because they give you a little glimpse into the horror of his childhood and I did ca- I did care for um, Joel goes, Kinnaman I'm I, a cared- superhero. And I cared for Joel Kinnaman's character and the sort of what he eventually decides to do which felt like 
um, you know, it went against everything he stood 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 for. And then, the, and ultimately, it was so clever of the writing to put him against pacemaker and that inherent conflict of sort of what's right for America versus what's just right. Yeah, you know, and it really it's just did. like so. I found that whole conflict the quite interesting. Really and then you know, like my complaint of like pretty much every Marvel movie is that like in the last act there's always like an incredibly long and boring action scene yeah this movie had the big action scene at the end but it wasn't boring the office building collapsing was so not the office you know the huge building collapsing and all that they were doing around that and all that was happening in that I couldn't take my eyes off it and then uh, as the starfish the giant starfish was going through the city and it was like simultaneously horrifying and hilarious that I just I was with every second of the movie. But it was played so well. It's just, the direction is so good in this movie. But giving them, like, the motivation and the the, the sort of drive as a team to do the right thing and to disobey orders by saving the world. And Viola Davis trying to kill them all. And then I also really like, like, there's so much humour in this, like, the bit where it cuts to the shark and he's, like, trying to talk in the walkie-talkie. Or, like... Oh, my God, bird. All the little starfishes They used him for so many good punchlines. He was used so well. But also, I kind of cared about him. Like, they they managed to just, like, just the small little thing of having him not having any friends and not knowing what a friend was. Did you notice that he was, like, essentially, like, the mental equivalent of Elliot, our one-and-a-half-year-old? Like, he seemed very much in that mental age because at one point then Joel Kinnaman goes, Shark... A starfish is num nums, and then he goes, mm! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's like our son Elliot. If there's a snack in front of him, like he will do anything to get to that snack. <laughs> and I just think it was so cool as well the creature design of when the, the starfish, starfish goes on awesome. everyone's faces. Yeah. Oh my god! And the guy from um, Doctor Who who had those freaky tubes on his head. Yeah. Enjoyed him. I just love that kind of the big villain in the end was Viola Davis and like I love when her team member hit her over the head because but there's so many villains they're all villains the yeah. heroes are villains the villains are villains <laughs> everyone's just shades of villain and even the royal and family that was like gotten rid of they were awful because they were basically doing these Nazi awful. experiments yeah um, like anyway, there's no, there's no so re- really redeemable character but there's people who you root for and ultimately do the right thing through monstrous methods yeah and and, and, they, and they are it's incredibly violent it's gory which I and I think it made good use of that yeah, it also like, ju- it's not it's, this is not a movie to show children do, do you know not what? a movie to watch no, no, if no. you're in a bad mood I'd say like you need to be in a certain mood for this because oh, like of just, course it's very violent there's and there's an art to to violence uh and there's an art to, to on-screen violence, I mean, um, and fantasy violence. And there's also an art to swearing, which I really appreciated in this movie, both in um, writing and when to swear and the delivery of it. Because you, you don't notice um, that you don't notice how how careful you have to insert swear words until it's done wrong. And I always come back to uh, the White House has fallen. I knew or what you was were going to say that Jared, Jared Butler, Butler like yeah. a Jared Butler, and that movie had a, every third word was fuck or fucking, and it didn't work. It didn't land. But you, you like James Gunn writes the words in like like swear words in like poetry. They feel like perfectly it's like blended like and sparing. Like when you just have like oh this movie's an R-rated, so we can just curse all the time. It's like oh, yeah. that's meaningless. Like meaningless, and the yeah. violence in in the Jared Butler things are just meaningless as well. Like I, I have just, to say, my other my other uh, lovely version of when swear words are used brilliantly is in one of the later bad Die Hard movies. It ended up being like a twelve rating. And when he says his famous line of yippee Kaye, motherfucker, Bruce Willis goes, yippee Kaye, mother, and then there's an explosion. And yeah. I thought, that's a really, I really enjoyed that. We get the line. You didn't need the swear word in there. I know, but that's also, that look, that's also just not under, 
misunderstanding what Die Hard is and what it started well, I'm, I said it was a really bad movie yeah, I'm just saying that that was like a fun way but like I just think I'm really impressed by this movie there, I'm glad James Gunn came on board it's uh, just, we don't endorse his previous tweets uh, but we do like he's just great in this movie and like if you don't like if you don't like Suicide Squad you may like The Suicide Squad I think to, to tie it in with his his controversy I, I, with you that, and, and I think everyone would look at those tweets as they were presented in one uh, go and just say that is poor that's disgusting it's poor taste poor taste it's, yeah. it's, it's it entirely funny, inappropriate and, it and not funny and I think but however I think he got his his roots are in shock filmmaking right he came up through the trauma films which were just like these Roger Corman level like B movies Never from the eighties and nineties, right? The Toxic Avenger and all these kind of things, and that that kind of I think he somehow has kept that that feel through even right up to this. Like he's all about like, and this is him gone mad with a budget with that stuff, where it's all is just kind of shock value. And uh, but but I think because he's matured and grown up as well, it's not just it it is still relatively juvenile humor, but it's not just gross or, or shock humour for the sake of it it feels perfectly balanced with character with comedy with violence with just some some moments are quite disturbing I think and yeah. actually I was just invested in the stakes I was invested in the stakes of the plot in general and the MacGuffin I thought the villain the sort of starfish creature seemed really scary and a real threat and I was invested in them defeating it and I was invested in all of their individual plots and I was quite sad when like Polka Dot Man gets a starfish <laughs> death yeah. like, and, and it's just I, like but when he saw the starfish he like wasn't that guy, disposable to me the starfish turned into his mum <laughs> yeah I know funny, I mean, like, can I just say in my defence when I apparently five years ago said I really liked the first movie but now I probably don't stand by that review I think it's because we in the same few days watched Captain America and Suicide Squad and I really disliked Captain America because it was so po-facing up his own arse and I think what I enjoyed about this that one was that like it wasn't that because this is what I want from comic book movies I don't want like huge seriousness so this is even though I'm sure if I'm back and watch that first movie I'll say I'll say say to the credit of the first movie (laughs) I agree I think it's like it, it, it didn't quite it didn't really land and apparently David Ayer the director of that movie wasn't happy with his experience or with what was finally produced and they always say that though they blame the studio of course, and it's like yeah of course. you can and say I don't know how much it, of that if is if it didn't true. flop you probably wouldn't have said that yeah maybe but but the um, but I think that the certain certainly the attempt at the tone of that movie was what you're describing of sort of silly fun light hearted sort of uh, energy um, but it, it is just like it's on steroids I feel like there's a real turnaround for version. DC because have it's you read about the new uh, movie the multiverse movie that's going to have Michael Keaton in it playing Batman yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah like the, I feel like DC is going it's in the interesting way now it's the Flash isn't it it's the Flash I can't remember which one it is because yeah. I was just interested that he was going to play the original Batman in but I feel like they're having a real turnaround again and it's going to be interesting to see what happens along with Marvel's like renaissance of like all these TV shows it's just like yeah multiverses are hot this right is now. what I mean about how I'm amazed this movie felt fresh in such a crowded landscape yeah it's like quite it's like the way WandaVision was so fresh and we weren't expecting anything from the Disney TV output yeah. and then you they came along still, with WandaVision you can still ring like inventiveness out of these stale properties but I also like this took and and I'm not um, a big comic book guy so I don't know the details but these are clearly all DC comic characters everybody on screen you'd imagine yeah and I felt like it went 
did very cleverly like reached into the vault of like obscure characters <laughs> like the weasel like the weasel and the, the fucking and javelin the end, man the and all got, this kind of stuff I just and remember it, the end of the movie the weasel got up again yeah <laughs> how funny just like just again like what I mean about like taking humour in something horrific like they have him like drown like a, a creature drowns in in the first five minutes and it's like awful and you're kind of watching a creature drown but it's also funny but also and I no mean, one rescued I love when someone goes no one checked if the weasel could swim <laughs> I mean it's I'm laughing now but it's actually it's like, but and then it's, the guy who ended up dying with the long white hair goes like oh my god what a bunch of amateurs and then two seconds later he's like ah <laughs> he's yeah, swimming yeah, away anyway we have to go we have to wrap up but um thank you everyone so who fun. said we should go and see it we really appreciate it and if you really hated it get on contact with us on like at the cinemile on twitter instagram facebook or the cinemile at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts because we love chatting about these kind of movies and as dave said earlier head over to our patreon and next up we are going to do a big full season spoiler review of the white lotus so stay tuned for that on yes patreon. we're enjoying that yeah. one. okay bye, bye. Ratatouille, what do you got? Bird. <laughs> now, now it. Stay off the comp. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well right so search the holderness family podcast and check out our most recent episodes we have one about staying organized with creators of the home edit and one about being diagnosed with adhd as an adult we hope you'll join us Acast helps creators launch grow and monetize their podcasts everywhere acast.com Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.